Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. Brownie, here we are. It's time to get down to the Matter of Faction on episode number four. How good to play on words or, and, and dad jokes and You're puns. welcome. So good. You're welcome. Um, another big week of music. Another huge week of music, actually. Yeah. Like, I could not believe on, on Monday just being, like, the amount of news that was coming through. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we even have, you know, new music from Make Them Suffer that has only really been heard on Triple J so far. Yep. I mean, we're... I'm. I don't know about you, Brownie, but I'm eagerly awaiting the ability to be able to play it on the faction. People want to hear this, and yeah. this is this is a great thing about um, bands not putting out something like the day after it premieres on Triple mm. J. Like people hear it and they want to hear it again. The only way they can hear it is obviously if they go back and listen to podcasts or whatever it might be, mm. or they wait for the music video, which blows people people's minds. And that's essentially what's happening with this band and this new song. It's. It's. I got to tell you, it, like drawing this out, it's actually. Uh, it's got Making me. It's got me it? hyped, man. Yeah, it's got me hyped for sure. Well, how would you put this in comparison to the hype of that Northlane build for Talking Heads? Man, that's next level stuff right there. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't seen a track uh, excite and and uh, just make everyone just stop in their tracks to to listen to it. Yeah, six p.m. yesterday, uh, you know, Wednesday night. Sorry. Uh, and and it really it, I haven't seen anyone bagging it. I haven't seen no. it, I haven't seen a negative word about it yet. Everyone is okay. This is like if this is the standard for the rest of the album. This album is going to be absolutely standout, amazing. And you have a look at what we've heard so far. Bloodlines, yep. great, great. And hearing this song, great, fantastic. Um, yep. For those who have actually heard the album, are uh, reviewing it. You've seen nothing but good rapport from it good, yeah. good mentions of it yeah um obviously we have to wait until that comes out so stick around for that a little bit longer but so far like two two out of two, two is great two. yeah that's it i mean the the only thing that came close um or is beating it at this point in time i would personally have to say is motionless and white really yes I'm, nah. I'm i'm actually thoroughly enjoying their new album disguise okay so do you, do you just mean on quality of tracks or do you mean on hype on on hype let, let's go really? yeah no man North Lane is the, belting that because of the fact that they've put out two songs so put out three songs motionless and white all have been hey this song's good oh that's great i like it hey this song's also good i like that and this is me coming from someone who's never really given them much of an opportunity in the past like mm. i listened to an album and would change to something else i wouldn't go back and listen through it again so this new album has actually caught me off guard and i'm actually digging what they're doing i think this could be a dark contender for one of the top albums of the year do you know what I, I I actually really like Motionless and White, the, the, the tracks that they've put out on this and their last record as well. Yep. I didn't give the time of day to the band prior to that, mostly because I really hated their visual aesthetic, and I didn't think that they sounded like the way they do. Yep. And then when I finally listened to them, I was like, okay, this is a great band. Their visual aesthetic sucks. I don't like it. Like it the whole makeup ma- get up on stage and everything. It doesn't like that, match or... the sound of the band. Yep, yep. See, the the thing about them is they've progressed from being like a gothic rock band yeah. from early in the day, and you look at a band like that and you think, oh, they're just like a, a heavy My Chemical Romance. If you want yeah. to put them in that kind of, I put them category. close to Black Veil Brides at one point. Actually, you know I mean? like that's a much better fucking yeah. analogy right there. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got the people who don't like Black Veil Brides because they're like the Justin Bieber of metal, essentially. Yeah. However. 
every now and then one or two songs slip through. However, on in saying that, Motionless and White have just always been like the outcasts. They're not part of like the Black Veil Bride crew. Yeah. They're not part of like the cool the, metalcore kind yeah. of crew. They're doing their own thing. And I, I think that's, you know, take my hat off and respect the shit out of them for being able to do that and accumulate the fans that they've got in the process. Yeah. I, I, like personally, I all right, your word is yours, man. You, yeah. you think that's big. I, I think I think Northlane is absolutely belting them on hype. To be honest, yeah, that it this this thing is going to be is going to be huge. Well, you Alien's going to be a nuts. I, I I I have to agree there. Um, but in saying that, they've been playing this this song at shows and yep. and festivals around the world, and fans have seen the quality of the videos that fans are putting on online. So it hasn't mm. really been like great quality. Yeah. Do you think that hurt them? Do you know what I, I hadn't said? I hadn't bothered to watch any of those. Yeah, because I, I, why would I? You know, I'm I'm not there at the show experiencing it, and I'm, I'm going to experience for the first time through someone's through phone? tinny phone speakers. Yeah, no, I'm, that's not how I want to experience that. I'm that guy. I I like hearing stuff before it comes out and there's certain bands that won't play new you're songs you're never going to get shows. the actual no, experience you're, you're not and, and in saying that you've got the, the carnival effect who will play a song mm. and then go back and change it so the next time you hear it it's something completely different from the last time you heard yeah. I don't know if Northlane have done that with Talking Heads but with that said the song that they have put out is just wow okay th- that's the song you played well, see that's what I think you've got to do man you've got to wait and see it live or wait until you hear the recorded version I, I, I but pricey, we're in this this world right now where everyone wants everything and we want it now. So right? what? You want it now in terrible quality? Not terrible that... quality, but like, you know, well the those two tour songs that came out. They went on. I didn't the bother to listen to them. You haven't either. seen them no. yet? Oh. Why? Why would I do that to myself? Because they're tinny. You... They're gonna like it's someone's phone. It uh, maybe look, maybe I've I'm past the generation. Like maybe there's a year where do you know what I mean? Maybe that where it tipped over. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. it is. Maybe I'm old. Yeah, we know that your grades are starting to come through oh, in your hair. It don't looks great. Bring it up. No, no. Look, I, par- I know it. Once you get it in your beard, you're part wizard. But that's a story for another okay. day, kids. I think what you're saying is, yeah, you're you're part of that generation who likes experiencing in the now as it should be. Yeah, not I don't get my peek. phone out and film the whole show at shows. That that yeah. to me is. A, I don't oh, know no. why you would do it. It's no. like. You're watching the show that you're at through a tiny view screen. But if you're good at filming, like I am, I've been doing it for years. I The have, entire show? Not the entire show, just songs that I like and appreciate. However, if there's a song that I love, I'll film a little bit of it and then get in the mosh and get amongst it. Okay. That's my way of experiencing both sides of it. Okay, let me ask you this then. How often do you bother to go back and rewatch the entire thing of what you just filmed? Almost immediately the next day, the following week, and then if I need to revisit it somewhere in the future, I'll bring it back. Okay, I would say you would be an exception here is that you actually have a purpose for it. Yeah. You can actually reference it for your website. Yep. I'd say the majority of people, how often are they going home, putting it like screen mirroring their phone to their TV and 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 going Watching it gone. Okay. All right. I get where you're coming from. 
because I just found a hard drive of mine with video footage from Soundwave 2012, 2013. Big day out, 2009. Yeah, they'd be like 300 DPI, man. Yeah. And at the time, they were the best thing we had. And I had the time of my life reliving Soundwave 2013. I went through everything from, from I've got footage of Linkin Park on there. And that's the last time I saw Chester Bennington live. I went and yeah, saw Blink-182. Okay. And look, But is yes, there not yes, professional footage of it out there? there? There probably is. But this is my footage. It means something to me. Yeah. So I had relive Soundwave 2013 in my um, lounge room the other weekend. And okay. it was fucking great. Yes, the sound quality was shit. But in saying that I was drunk at the time when I saw these shows, so it wouldn't be any much more different than to what it was now. Is there drunken brownie going? Yeah, there is. There's there's Woo! one or two songs in there where I, I over the years I've learnt not to sing while filming yeah. because everyone knows my voice is shit unless I'm screaming. So back in those days, I was belting out the top of my lungs and it was horrible. So yikes, if yikes. you're gonna if you're gonna film a song at a show and you're gonna put it online and you want people to see this new song from this new band, don't fucking sing, please. It just ruins everything. <laughs> this is a message from Brownie for Brownie. Uh, I think we've spent enough time on that, Brown. I think, we sure. Uh, we, should, we should move on to, to actual business. Yeah. Um, Beartooth, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest metalcore bands getting around right now. Thank you, love you, Caleb Shomo. Um, there's been a lot of hype surrounding their Australian tour. Who's going to be opening? Much like with Architects, who got Polaris and While She Sleeps. Everyone thought we might get Polaris on this tour, but obviously if they're contractually obliged to another tour, they can't do this one so close. So... This week we found out who is supporting on this entire tour and we got another unified band. We got Thornhill. Yes. As the main support, the direct support for that tour. And then a bunch of legends that that, uh, we discussed last week, uh, Wind Waker, are opening up proceedings throughout the whole tour, which is a real vote of confidence in that band, I think. Yeah. This is the thing I love, like... Gone are the days, or, you know, in particular for this tour, for example, like they're giving two upcoming, two fantastic great upcoming bands the opportunity to to showcase what they've got. You know, Thornhill have been around for a few years. Not around, let's say, the likes of um, Polaris. I'm just using them as an example. They've travelled the world. They've seen the world. Um, You've got a band like Thornhill who are still coming up. And then you've got Wind Waker who are just flying through the sky right now. Barging up through the ranks, When when I saw them on that tour, I was like, that's great. Like, you cannot get better than those two bands you've got right there. And to have them doing the full tour is exceptional. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it really shows that promoters are listening and watching for those that next crop yeah they're really watching who's selling tickets who's building hype who's actually you know making waves in who the, the fans are talking about yeah, yeah this is the one they're thing watching. i've noticed like um people are actually gone are the days of the message boards um yeah. you, you still get reddit for example and yeah. a few other things like that where people jump on there and spook their favorite bands now people are going to tours. facebook groups yeah exactly and Event saying pages. this yeah. is who should be playing i want to see this band playing and then you know nine times out of ten that band will get a slot which is great so the percentage is that high oh, but it's up there let's yeah. say let's say five out of five <laughs> that's, that's you know, 100 there you go like there you go so damn um look people are listening and people want to see their their favorite bands do well and the fact that these promoters these tour companies are listening to what the fans want that's a testament to them and totally. the fact that they are listening and we need to see more of that totally totally now i know this is a band uh that is very very close to your heart brownie 
Blink-182. Yeah. I think we, we may have discussed already that it was the 20th anniversary of Enema of the State yep. last week. Um, and and you were quite excited because, of course, that, that record holds a, a very special, special place. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of Blink-182 fans out there who would not be a fan of Enema. Correct. And if you aren't, then... Go back to Dude Ranch, you know, go have your own life or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, they, they're touring this in America and this was the big thing that caused like quite a stir a few weeks back when they teamed up with Lil... What's his name? Lil, Lil Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Um, so was this tour already announced? Yes. And they've rebranded it as the 20-year thing? That's right, yeah. So because I was going to say, the Lil Wayne thing was already announced, right? Yep. This I is... thought maybe it was a secondary tour also starring Little Wayne. No, no. So this is the tour, the tour they're going out on. And they rebranded it after the date. Yes. Wow, that's How... a different way of doing it. Which can be two separate things. They were always going to do this, or they saw the backlash from the fans and they wanted to give them something to get them through the door. Right. That's yeah. my opinion of it. Because when you team up a band like Blink-182, who've been in the scene for over 20 years, um, and you team them up with Lil Wayne, someone who I'm sure is great in his own genre and his group but to me it just doesn't make sense it's like teaming up one direction with ramstein like you would actually that's not a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) but but i I think you know we we kind of touched on this before we started talking here what a perfect opportunity to bring something old and something new on this tour you know i think the band that you brought up you know Perhaps it'd be a great opportunity to give a you know not that not that they're not doing well but like a real hand up and a and a, a recognition of it of of that you know that they're carrying on the, the genre you know someone like Neck Deep yeah yeah and give them a hand up or you know or or at least a like these these guys are carrying the torch yeah the, the next generation yeah. essentially yeah get but bring then, them in but then also revisit the scene of 20 years ago and take out a, uh, an MXPX or a lag wagon yes. or, or, a, you know, well, the Australian tour, you know, p- put body jar on there, like revisit the, some of the tours they've done. Because you have a look at all the, all the bands that were around that time. All those bands were together. Some 41, no doubt, you know, chuck in mm. those pop punk bands from the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s and, and put them on and have, have the anniversary be an anniversary, yeah. not just an anniversary of this album plus and the hits and the Lil Wayne. That, I don't see yeah. any crossover in fandom there. I really want to see anyone who's going to these shows. If you're Australian, you're listening to the po- this podcast and you're going over to these shows, can you tell us what it's like? I want to know, like, do all of Lil Wayne's fans go home after he's set and then all the Blink fans swap and go front row? Is that how that works? Because I don't see Lil Wayne fans sticking around for Blink and I don't see Blink don't fans see getting there early. Yeah, no, no. This is like Bloods and Crips. This is like two different genres, like, brought together. You're going to have... I don't want to say like any kind of violence or anything like that, but no, and I'm well, not, I hope not, and I'm not insinuating that one group is violent and the other group isn't. But when you get these two groups together, it's oil and water. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. If it does work, I'm happy to stand here corrected and and eat my own words in future. But like the comments on any post Blink One Eight Two put out about this tour. Go through it. Have Vitriol? a read. You, it, it is literally fans turning their back against this band oh, because man. it's not right. And then you've also got the other debate, which is, can they do an anniversary tour without Tom DeLonge there? And yeah. we all know my stance on that. And everyone has a say on this matter. But, like, I don't think it's right because it's essentially a karaoke version 
of an album without all the original members that were there. Sure, if Tom was dead, absolutely, you know, get someone in the takeover. Because that was my next question, because, I'm, you know, there have been anniversary tours of albums where the original member has passed or something like that. And, yeah. you, know, um, you know, and it's worked, but... But with this, and Tom's can't. Tom's not going to make an appearance. I've I've thought about going yeah. over there for this because he's got Angels and Airwaves, yeah. so he's rehearsing for that and those songs. Sure, he could get back in and play all these Blink songs again from Anima, right? Maybe I don't know. Like well, they're in the back of his mind, like muscle memory, but, right? But I mean, you'd rehearse. They'd have to rehearse. Like, yeah, to figure he, out who's going to yeah. say what, what joke is going to come out yeah. when, that so, kind of thing. Yeah. He'd be able to do it. There's no question of that because they'd have to rehearse. They were, they were just going to get him on and be like. Have, oh, him, have him get out there and go like, hey, what what chord was that? Uh, you know, they're not going to get him on stage unrehearsed. Yeah, exactly. But like if he's already learning another set through Angels and Airwaves, can you learn a Blink-182 yes. set? How do, how do musicians work? Tell me, Pricey. Look, I, I'm i not a guitarist myself, but I dare say, and like oh, I run the risk of being lynched here, but I can't imagine there's many more than four to five chords to... <laughs> To a Blink-182 song. No, look, I could agree with you there. Like, yeah. you, the, the majority of a lot of their I, albums... I pulled up short of calling them three three chord songs. <laughs> I gave them two extras. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, the, the I gave legacy. them the credit of two extras. Like, they use up to five chords per song. Well, look, if we, ever want, if we ever want them on the show, it's because of that reason that they're going to come on the show now, <laughs> not because you said three. Um, something that sort of popped up that you mentioned to me today... Um, which I, I think it has great means for a debate or great yeah. means to actually, you know, discuss is collaborations, features, guesties yeah. on bands who are putting songs out. It seems to be popping up all the time now. Yeah, well, I mean, I notice it because each week I put together the rotation ads for the faction and I'm going through and I've, I'm more and more frequently every week and I noticed it especially this week as there are three tracks with featuring credits. Yeah. And I realized that that's actually been fairly across the board recently. There's been a ton of feature uh, artists, feature guesties on these tracks. And I guess the debate came up of like, are these good things? Are these overdone? Are they... Yeah, there's a there's a ton of questions here, I think. And, I, and there's no... I, I don't think there's a one size fits all... No, no, absolutely, here. yeah, like, exactly, yeah. Because personally, you and I have both discussed, we actually love guesties. We I love froth it, yeah. yeah. Especially if you've got a band, let's chuck this example in there, if you've got a band that's predominantly predominantly made up of males, yeah. Parkway Drive, teamed up with Jenna McDougall from Tonight Alive for a Deathless Fantastic Song, the song. remix. Yeah. Great. So it adds that other element to it, especially if it's a band that you know doesn't have that key member or that key mm. gender in there. Or, you know, you've got a band who sings pop-punk songs and then they add a metalcore vocalist mm. in it. I think it just adds that extra element and depth mm. to the song, which is great. So I'm all for guesties. I'll, I'll say this to the day I die. Totally. But then there's the other side of the coin where it's, okay, is this a gimmick and is it overdone? Does the actual guest vocal add to the song or is it purely for marketing power? Like writing coattail purposes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so so a band gets a predominantly known singer on mm. their their song. Mm. They put that out. They use that person's stature and 
presence in the to scene at least to get some get a spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I can I can safely say that there's been some bands that have done that because you come across the the bands who do collaborations with with certain members of the community, and then nothing else comes after it because they yes. can't back it up. Yeah, yeah. That, I absolutely see that as a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of think like if you're going to do it and you're going to drop a song with a guestie on it. I, I think personally for it to work for you at that point, one, the guestie has to be good. It has to, yeah. it has to sit well in the, like it can't just be a guest vocal for the sake of having a feature artist. Or, yeah. Yeah. Having someone on the song. It has to suit yeah. the song. It has to bring something extra to the song, raise it up, all that sort of stuff. But then whatever you have coming next really has to be fire to cement that home to go, no, like we, that we are was, actually, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're here to stay and we're, and we can deliver on the fire that you saw. Yeah. It wasn't just a gimmick for that. So that was that. a taste of what we can do. Here's yeah. what we can really do when it's just us. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I think for it to be successful and for it to actually roll on for the band to roll on, I think it has to. And then you look at the the different kinds of of guesties, I guess you mm. could say. So let's say like, let's talk for example, Cursed Earth. They had to because yeah. they didn't have someone, and that worked so well because it was such a diverse kind of thing. It wasn't the same kind of guest vocalist singing the same kind of songs, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So everything was all kind of changed up in that regard. But then if you're you're a band who constantly gets the same kind of singer, or you're a metalcore band and you get a metalcore vocalist to do a guest spot, and you kind of sound similar in your screams. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's right. That what what's that adding to the song when you're just getting? You might as well get your your bassist to learn how to scream and then get him to do it. That kind For of real. thing. Nothing against. Bassists. It's probably what you're going to do live anyhow. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. That's it. And then when you when you hear these songs live, um, you kind of want it to sound like it sounds on the CD or like it sounds on yeah. the record when you buy it, right? Actually, you know what? Is it, speaking of that, do you know what I find really fun is when there is a a, a song that's out and you're going to see that band live and obviously they can't bring their guest vocalist for whatever with reason yeah what i love seeing and i've seen i've seen it a couple of times happen where they'll get like the front man of the support band ah, to step up and do yeah yeah that part and it's i think it's almost even cooler to see someone like that and go Damn, yeah. they did so well with that. Yeah, see, that, and that's giving back to showing the support and the love yeah. for the person that's there, especially if it's someone who fucking, especially if it's someone who loves that kind of yeah that that music or that band in particular. You know, they come on. That's a dream come true situation. Or perhaps for them. even yeah, or perhaps even that vocalist is known for sounding like that guest. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? like, right. And, yeah. and everyone in the scene probably know it anyway, but. Or, or they might have even been talking about it prior to the show. Like, oh, I hope so-and-so steps in and does so-and-so's guesty. Which because is... that would be dope to see. And then it happens. Yep. Which so is cool. the exact same thing that happened on Bring Me Horizons Tour. You, yes, Me at Six yes. had the song with Ollie. He came yes. out, bang. It added so much more to that concert and yes. made that the rest of their set something special. Because yes. you would never imagine um, Ollie Sykes coming out for a band yeah, who's early. playing those big shows to come yeah. out on stage to sing this song. I never in a million years thought I'd ever get the chance to yeah. see that. And I saw it. And it was just that bucket list thing. Mm. Everyone has a bucket list that they want to hear on a particular song, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that was one of those. And I, I guarantee there's a lot of people on that tour who walked away from that going, that was the, the key moment for me. I love that part of the set. I really wanted to see, when I saw Seven Dust uh, earlier in the year, I really wanted uh, 
Emmy from Red Hook to step up and do yeah. uh, skin from Skunk and Nancy's part in Licking Cream. Uh, I, I just, and I suggested it to her after the Brisbane show because she had the rest of the tour and she's like, oh man, that's such a, it's such a like classic vocal and her vocals are so high. She's like, I, I don't want to, yeah, I yeah. don't want to destroy that. Which it's, is the other thing as well. If you jump on stage and you do it and you ruin it, people remember that for the rest <laughs> of your lives. Um, heading into different territory right now, um, there's something that sort of popped up which you, you're not really agreeing with um, involving Miley Cyrus covering Nine Inch Nails. Within the universe of Black Mirror. Yeah. A Netflix TV show, Black Mirror. It's It's been noted for uh, already in the last couple of seasons, really pointing the camera back at the the person the, watching. Yeah, what's going on around us, that and, kind of thing, and making yeah. you think about the world you're actually living in. Yeah, turning it turning it on its head and making you look at your phone usage and your screen time and all of that sort of stuff. And then within the show, you've got Miley Cyrus, a noted uh, social media uh, fiend, let's fiend. call it that. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, you know, singing a Nine Inch Nails song of you know, in the nineties when this song "Head Like a Hole" came out, vehemently, you know, against commercialism and and you know ah, and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got this you've got this weird dynamic. And you know, in more recent years, like Trent Reznor has become a lot more polarized in what he talks about and, and and you know and and he actually sanctioned you know Miley Cyrus singing this song uh in the show he was he was all down with it and he did a collaboration t-shirt with the TV yeah, series yeah so you know there's a he, I think he's softened on his commercialization uh stance but then you hear the song that Miley Cyrus the, the version of the song that Miley Cyrus sings in the show and and in my mind, it's like there's not really been that many changes made to it, and it's just kind of her singing it in her key. And I just kind of think that either one of two things: one, why not just get Nine Inch Nails to play it in the show? So get them because on the show itself, and yeah, there's yeah. a bit of star power there. And to, yeah, and to me, they they fit the vibe of the show more than oh Miley yeah Cyrus. yeah yeah, or. Let Miley Cyrus like change it up, sing it in a different style, like take some artistic license to it, like rather Ooh. than just kind of do a straight cover. Well, this is like my I haven't caught up with Miley and and stayed in touch with what she's doing since after the meltdown and all that that care, she had. But... Yeah, well, and you you can't deny the fact that she is a good singer. Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah true. that's right. Yeah, so to have her. I don't know, take an artistic direction on, on a song like that. I don't think that is the right way of going about doing it because she can yeah. bring something to it that, you know, sounds similar to what she's done and caters to her fans. However, mm. this, I think, is a way for her to, to pay homage to Nine Inch Nails, doing it kind of like, exactly like this song was first released, but with a female vocal on it, essentially. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, that's fair. But also, then what does it add? Miley Cyrus singing Nine Inch Nails because yeah. it's gotten metalheads like wanting to go check it out and, and see what kind of a job she does and that will also divide people down the middle yeah. and bring us back to a conversation we've had in the past which is like metalheads liking pop singers who mm. have t- touched on or tried their own hand at 
covering a song made predominantly by a heavy metal band. And it's, you know, and hard in that regard because cover songs can go one of two ways. Mm. It can blitz the original, it, well, three ways, I can't count today. It can blitz the original and be so much better. It can be on par with the original. Again, a Nine Inch Nails song. Johnny Cash covered. Hurt. Yes, Perfect. correct. There yeah. you go. And then it could go down the angle of when they cover it and it should not have been covered. There's there's a few songs out there that are like that, especially in the past couple of years. People trying their hands at, at covering a song and that song has so much meaning and, and depth to it. And then when they try it, they're just essentially singing it and not adding that emotion, that, a la that heart. Madonna's cover of American Pie. Yes. Loses all context. It's a terrible song anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the words in it lose all context and power being that it made no sense culturally at the time of release. Yeah. But it did in the 60s oh, when abso- Don McLean did it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that bands need to be wary about. Like, are they going to put out a song that's just essentially a karaoke version of them singing someone else's song? Mm. Or are they going to go down the angle of Dream State, who covered Crawling by oh, Linkin Park? And this is a so good. prime example of putting emotion into it, like putting your heart and soul into something and understanding what the song is about before you release it. Yeah. And that, that nailed it. Like, that was a big call. And there's been bands who have covered Linkin Park. And in my opinion, they're a band that shouldn't be covered unless you can nail it. And if you're thinking about covering, covering a Linkin Park song, check out Dream State's one. That's, mm. that, that cover that they did is a prime example of it doing right. Yeah. Let's even chuck in I Prevail covering Taylor Swift. That is a prime example of doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that that actually launched their career, really, yeah. you know. And, and then, But they've gone on to do... Other things because they had because more they behind followed them. The f- they That's followed it. up with fire. Let's Absolutely. go. Let's go back to what we said before earlier on. If you have a, a a sound and a great purpose behind you, and you're not just trying to ride on the coattails of someone else, whether it be getting a them on your song, or a guestie exactly. Or, yeah. Make sure you've always got that fire behind you to back up your purposes and and let people know you are legit and not just there for a five minutes of fame kind of thing there's a lot of bands that are doing this right now and like jumping on popular songs and i get it i get it because there's millions of people checking out you know the latest ed sheeran single and if you can add a metal cover to that or even baby shark how many of those have popped up over the past couple of weeks and every now and then one slips through the cracks which is great however you go check out that band and they've got nothing else behind them Mm. i'm not going to follow them up again after that they've done a a moderately okay cover of a song therein i think lies the difference between someone who's like shooting to be a viral sensation sensation versus an actual artist who is wanting a career yeah and a, a lengthy career. And look, if you're going to be one of these artists who just covers songs for a living, that's okay too. Just keep yeah, it there's plenty up. of great YouTube stars out there doing it. Yeah, you know, like the, I I don't know because I don't top. follow them because yep. once again, I'm definitely <laughs> past that generation gap. I, I don't understand it personally, but there are people making a great living out of it, and good on them. And they're doing well. And with that said, if they could do it and they could do better than us, then we will sit here and eat our fists and our words and go, all right, well, we should be doing more. And we'll more see you at Crow Yoki <laughs> next time. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, I think that's it for this week's podcast. Um, a lot covered and a lot of discussions, which Absolutely. is great. And what we want to hear from you. A shout out to Luke and Dave who hit us up, and they said they wanted us to cover cover songs. Which okay, we're well, not, we'll, we'll, let's do that in the future. We'll go more into it. Like the Miley Cyrus thing is great, but let's actually do a cover song and mm. like talk about what's good and what's not, and go into that that kind yep. of detail. I think there's more that needs to be covered in that regard. So yeah, for you boys, we'll go into that next week. Dope. Anyway, as usual, smash that subscribe button, follow along. I love that saying. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, get in touch. If you want us to cover anything, we are willing to talk about it for you. This has been the Matter of Faction podcast. He's Pricey. I'm Brownie. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to the Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. <laughs>